Well, welcome to our Jackson home this week. I am very excited to be joined by the new superintendent of the Jackson Madison County School System, Dr. Eric Jones. Dr. Jones, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, you are not new to Jackson, no. but you're back to being at Jackson, and I didn't have a chance to interview you mm -hmm. uh, last time you were here. Uh, so, Dr. Jones, why don't you give us like the, the background on, on who you are? All right, I'm originally from... Um, I'm a preacher's kid, okay. so uh, I've, I've traveled throughout, uh, but originally I was born in Tupelo, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. uh, my father actually taught at Mississippi State, so we lived in Starkville for a number of years when I was young. Uh, then we moved to a small town called Kosciuszko, Mississippi. Actually, it's the uh, birthplace of Oprah Winfrey. Uh, and then we, my dad preached in Jackson, Mississippi for a while, so we kind of commuted back and forth. Uh, there and then uh, when I was about 12 years old we moved to Chester County mm -hmm. uh, where he taught and uh, eventually became vice president at Freed Hardeman. My mother actually worked in the education department uh, while at Freed Hardeman. Uh, she worked uh, to help place teachers uh, in student teaching and help them get licensed and all that mm -hmm. good stuff. Uh, so that's how I, we made our way to Tennessee. I have uh, two younger brothers uh, I have a brother that uh, is a teacher as well. Uh, he teaches in uh, Williamson County okay. at Independence High School, coaches basketball, and uh, assistant athletic director. And then I have a younger brother uh, that uh, is probably 13 years younger than me, and he works here and uh, works at Enterprise okay. uh, here in Jackson. And then it's uh, kind of my backstory. I'm, I'm married. Uh, I have two beautiful children, a beautiful wife. Uh, my wife is risen from Los Angeles. Okay. I tricked her into staying here, <laughs> and she's stuck. Um, I have a five-year-old daughter that goes to Pope. Okay. And a three-year-old that goes to Jackson Christian, and he'll be a Pope soon. And okay. my wife also teaches at Pope. Okay. All right. So education is in your blood. Yes. What Now, what did your dad teach? So you went from being a preacher to a professor? Actually, did them both. Okay. Uh, I... Uh, I just thought that's what everybody did, but <laughs> I didn't realize my dad was pulling double duty. Yeah. Uh, so throughout his entire teaching career, he was a full-time <laughs> minister. Uh, but he taught marriage and a family, he taught psychology okay. and sociology. Yeah. Uh, and uh, eventually he became uh, the vice president of academic affairs uh, at, at Freed Hardman. That's right. Uh, and I have various relatives that are involved in education. Uh, my f grandfather... Uh, was the first African American to serve on a school board in Tupelo many, many moons mm -hmm. ago. Uh, so uh, the value of education has always been ever present yeah. uh, in my life. Well, and, and it's something all your family's done, but it, there still had to been that, that thing that decided you were going to, like, what, what made you decide that you were going to pursue education? That's a great question. Uh, I ran from it for a long time, <laughs> just like I ran from one to be a preacher. Okay, uh, so you do that too? No, I don't. Oh, okay. okay. I, I'm still running from that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, I actually went into college to uh, focus on law. I okay. thought I was going to be a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, and I realized real quick, maybe that's not for me. Mm -hmm. I like to argue. I like to prove my point. but Which I might come like, in handy in this job. Ex absolutely. But I didn't like all the things that came along with mm -hmm. it. Uh, so... The next best thing I said, well, i taken all these history classes. I might as well, I don't want to change it up that much. So what can I do with my history degree? Mm -hmm. I can teach. All right. So I started yeah. teaching. And after 
Well, before I even started teaching, my mom said, Eric, if you're going to teach, you're going to eventually want to be an administrator one day. So I started taking administrative classes before I even started teaching. Wow. So I graduated in May, started taking administration classes uh, that that summer, which technically you're not even supposed to be able to do. But uh, we were able to pull it off. Was this at Freed? Did you go to Freed? This is at Freed Hardman. Now, back up a little bit, I... Uh, Played college basketball at Middle Tennessee State. Okay. Uh, and uh, was having a little bit too much fun in Middle Tennessee State, so my dad said, "Hey, you gotta come back home." Uh-huh. So I transferred uh, to Fred Hardman and finished my playing career there. I actually have a year and a half eligibility left. All right. Uh, yeah. Union. Blew my Achilles out, so I think oh, it's okay. over with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, I did. I finished up at Freed Hardman. Uh, probably the best thing that ever happened for me. Mm. Uh, to have to come back home. It's nice to have a dad call you out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Still does to this day. So yes. Um, and then so so you went to Freed Hardman, and then where'd you go from there? All right. So when I left Freed Hardman, uh, my first teaching assignment was at Woodstock Middle School. Uh, this was in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Actually, Millington. Okay. Uh, in between Fraser and Millington, so North Memphis. Uh, taught seventh and eighth grade uh, world geography, and I also coached girls basketball. Uh, and from there, uh, Madison had just opened. Uh, mm-hmm. Tommy Allen interviewed me to be a history teacher and be the first boys basketball coach at Madison Academic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up coaching basketball, baseball, and cross country. Uh, <laughs> We were not too good. I was not a good coach at all. Hence, me getting into administration a lot sooner <laughs> than I probably expected to. Yeah. Uh, just because of my lack of success as a coach. I had great kids. Uh, it was more the coaching. <laughs> uh, and, and so from there, uh, I, I got into, uh, I became an assistant principal after four years of teaching at Liberty High School under Johnny Reynolds. Uh, I was assistant principal there for two years. Uh, and then uh, Johnny retired in early September, uh, and I took on the interim principal's role. Got to the end of that year, I'm expecting Dr. Zambito to come and talk to me at the end of the year about uh, the possibility of me continuing as principal at Liberty. She says, no, we want you to do a fresh start uh, at Jackson Central Mary High School. What's a fresh start? Uh, everybody in the building is going to have to reapply for their job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was May. Yeah. Uh, from the custodians to the assistant principals. Uh, and No pressure. No, nah, no pressure. And this is in lieu of the state taking us over. So either the state takes the school over or we do something drastic here. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you know anything about JCM at that time, it was pretty rough. Uh, and the image was pretty rough. And uh, I remember thinking, well, what did I do to you? Uh, <laughs> Uh, but luckily, I, I married a great woman. We just got married. She said, Eric, you always talk about you want to make a difference. Here's your chance. And uh, Careful what you wish for. Careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. So I took the job at JCM. Uh, was able to hire great people. Mm-hmm. Put a great team together. Uh, fast forward two years, we make AYP for the first time in school's history. Uh, from, from a graduation rate of 54% to 92%. Wow. Uh, ACT scores improved by close to two points uh, over four years we were there. Uh, and JCM was really on the upward swing. Yeah. Uh, but something said, Eric, you may want to try something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
pick up him from there and go to Huntsville. Yeah. Uh, let's let's come back to that. Let's come back to that. But uh, what? So you are you still a basketball guy? You still like yes, basketball? Yes, I still love basketball. Actually, I played baseball as well. Okay. Uh, All right. Uh, played Michael football Jordan. for a year and broke my arm. Uh, that didn't. Uh, yeah. I was, like, yeah, was kind of scared anyway. That's probably why I broke my arm. <laughs> uh, but no, big time uh, into sports, supporter of sports, uh, and. Uh, you still watch it? Are you I do. a fan of anybody in particular? Ever since Jordan left, uh-huh. the, the fan part kind of left. Okay. I watch it during the playoffs, yeah. and I kind of casually watch ESPN. Yeah. I loved playing baseball. Okay. I can't sit and watch a baseball game anymore, okay. but loved playing it. But I really love watching football. I'm a huge Dak Prescott fan. I'm a Mississippi State guy. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, and even though he plays for the Cowboys now, I won't hold that against him. Yeah, I know, and I, I never thought I would be cheering for the Cowboys, but <laughs> yeah. That changes things. Yeah, he's and on the field as well. So, <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, well, Eric, let's take a break, and we're heading to the next segment to talk more about your career transition there. And um, so from our front porch to yours, this is our Jackson home. And we're back with Dr. Eric Jones, who's the superintendent of the Jackson Madison County School System. When did you start? Like a month uh, ago? Technically, uh, I started onboarding April 26th, uh, okay. so two months ago. Yeah. My first full week was last week, I guess. Yes. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Last week. So I, maybe I should have waited a little longer let you get settled <laughs> in more. No. But, uh, but this isn't your first go around here. So... So you, we, we started talking about your experience at JCM. Mm-hmm. And I had friends who who went to work at JCM because of you and the environment that you created there. And I had a, at least one who followed you to Alabama. Mm-hmm. And so it it uh, education befuddles our has befuddled our town for a while mm-hmm. and as mm-hmm. many other people. But you you t- gave us some stats of how you flipped JCM. Mm-hmm. How does, like, what, I know it's, like, a big question, but, like, how does one do that? <laughs> well, uh, the biggest part of that is you realize real quick that I didn't do anything uh, other than really allow teachers and administrators and students, frankly, uh, to buy into a shared vision. So uh, it's my job to kind of paint the broad picture. Uh, it's their job and my job to pull them in to really have an input on how this is going to look for us. Mm-hmm. This is where we're trying to get to. It's, it's not for me to tell them how to get there. Mm-hmm. It's for them to be a true part of the process. Uh, and I think that's what people buy into more than anything. Uh, it's not me. It's people buy into what we're selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're selling a vision where everyone has a chance to be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're selling a vision to where uh, people are valued, uh, not only our students, but the people that are in front of our students. And uh, not only are they valued, they're given a voice uh, to, to push this process forward. Uh, and I was blessed enough to be a part of a team in athletics to realize that that's what we're buying into. The goal is, is winning mm-hmm. and, and having camaraderie and, and being a part of the process. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to recreate the same type of team family atmosphere at JCM. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were one big family uh, because everyone 
uh, understood ultimately what we were trying to achieve and everyone had a part to play in that and had a voice mm-hmm. in how they wanted to see that happen. And we agreed upon some things. So uh, we would check each other. Uh, it, was, it was the most fun I've had in education being in one of the most difficult situations mm-hmm. uh, that, that you could be in in the school setting, but I loved every part of it uh, because it was shared. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's what people buy into more than anything. We're in the people business, yeah. uh, and that's what happened at, at JCM. And so you, we're at JCM where we're having quite a bit of success, uh, and uh, opportunity came along in Huntsville. So I get a phone call uh, from a colleague I used to work with in Jackson and said, hey, I'm down here in Huntsville. Uh, we've got a school that just like JCM was four years ago when you started there. And my superintendent wanted to know if I knew anybody that had any experience in school turnaround. I was like, oh, whatever. He's like, she's like, just come talk to him. Yeah. I was feeling intrigued at that time. It was kind of, uh, so in a little context, in the district, it was about the time that we were searching for a superintendent. Uh-huh. I had flirted with the idea of running them, but decided not to, decided I need some other experiences. Uh, so I said, let me go see what this is about. Mm-hmm. Get down there, a guy by the name of Casey Wardinsky was a colonel in the military, saw the world very different. He was a, a um, he was an economist, a Harvard grad. So he, so he gets down there, and I talked to him about what I'd done. And before I leave, he says, well, what, do you, what is it going to take to get you here? I said, it's going to take this amount of money, and it's going to take me being able to bring as many people as I want down here. Said done. <laughs> I was not expecting him to say that. Yeah. But he was to come back and talk to the administrative team. Uh, turns out the first year, my secretary goes along with my family uh, and two of my administrators, uh, and we started the work of turn around J.O. Johnson High School. Eerily similar mm-hmm. atmosphere to JCM. Ninety-five percent African American. One hundred percent free and reduced lunch. Hadn't been successful in a multitude of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after the first year, we were able to really have a lot of success. So we're able to speed up the process from the troubleshooting we've done the first year at JCM. We're able to move that along a lot faster at mm-hmm. J.L. Johnson. And the next year had anywhere from, I think, eight to nine teachers come from Jackson mm-hmm. uh, to Huntsville. Mm-hmm. Uh, black, white across different school uh, backgrounds uh, because they knew the work. They believed in the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get there, and after two and a half years, very successful in, in turning uh, J.L. Johnson around. And by the time my mother passed, mm-hmm. so I was kind of in a funk and said, uh, I want to look at some other opportunities. Uh, and from there... I started working with the National Institute for School Leadership in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. I was able to work from home, uh, but travel the country and uh, really uh, speak on and train leaders in education, mm-hmm. uh, central offices, principals, assistant principals. Uh, we had an established curriculum that we used, but people go through a whole year and a half cohort mm-hmm. uh, and did a lot of work there and learned so much about other school systems uh, yeah. within the country through their work. Uh, and did that for a year and a half. And, uh, well, in that year and a half, my wife said, Eric, you're going to be on the road so much, I at least want to go back to people I know. Mm-hmm. So let's come back to Jackson. Yeah. 
came back to Jackson in August with no intentions of. So you were you were already living back. I was already living here. Okay. And I, people said something to me about running for superintendent, and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, that's not something I want to do. Uh, so we were here from August, uh, and it just started getting closer, started getting a little more thought to it, and, and started getting a little more pressure uh, to at least entertain mm-hmm. running for it. And the more I thought about it, I said, uh, Eric, you go across the country, uh, training other leaders on how to serve their community, and here you are in yours, same situation as JCM. You see, you're sitting there fussing about what's going on, mm-hmm. and you have an opportunity to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, how can you sit on the sidelines? Um, the story of my life is, yeah. is doing work that I can find meaning, meaning to. Uh, I do not want to do anything in this life for the sake of doing it for mm-hmm. money or for anything like that I have to have meaning in, in, in the work mm-hmm. and what greater meaning than serving the school system that's serving my children yeah uh, and serving people that I love uh, in Jackson mm-hmm. uh, so I, I said I'll, I'll, I'll try it and was blessed enough uh, to find favor with the school board and was elected superintendent and here we are. And here we are. A week later. <laughs> here we are. A week later. Here we are. Yeah. Um, this has been a, a, a somewhat eventful first couple of weeks. Yes. Um, so, so do you approach it? And this is a bigger question probably than we have time for, but like, how do you take what you've learned as a principal mm-hmm. and apply it to a very different situation of being a superintendent? Mm-hmm. Well... First and foremost, you're dealing with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want to get anything accomplished, you have to motivate people. Mm-hmm. And the way you motivate people is clarity of purpose. Uh, and, and the more you can really clarify and explain ultimately where you're trying to get to, uh, people will buy into it mm-hmm. if they feel they have a part in that process. Uh, it's when you don't have clarity of purpose, when you don't truly understand where you're trying to get to, where people start to get leery uh, and people start to fall by the wayside or people lose trust, people lose interest, uh, people lose faith in in where you're going. So the same principles apply to this. Now it's on a much larger scale because you're trying to get 23, 24 different schools pulling Mm -hmm. the same direction in the community to support it. Yeah. So uh, having to to really deal with a lot more entities. At the schoolhouse, you can shut the door and say, look, we're going. We're always gonna have school in here. As superintendent, you can't do that. I work to, I serve this community, so I have to really uh, be on at all times to make sure that I can best serve everyone yeah. in Jackson, not just a demographic. Not just the teachers. Not just everyone. Yeah. Yes, so it comes back to how you deal with people. Yeah. Uh, I think it's so important. Uh, there's a great quote circulating a few weeks ago. It was, you know, 90% of success is is not technical skills. It's the human skills. Absolutely. And that's why there's food on my table. Absolutely. Um, well, let's head into the break, and we'll come back and talk about um, talk about uh, how how what you're looking into and what we're what we're going to see you guys do over the next couple of years. So, between the Tennessee and Mississippi rivers, this is our Jackson.
And we're back with uh, Dr. Eric Jones. He's the superintendent of the Madison County School System. And uh, Dr. Jones, you told me a few minutes ago that you're the 10th superintendent in 27 years. Mm-hmm. And that sounds a lot like a football coaching um, cha- turnover on a, on a not great football team. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the challenges. And I'm sure that it's because there's a lot of challenges that, that we keep having new superintendents. Um, we're, I think we're all hoping you're going to be here a while. But uh, what are some of the challenges that you're facing? Uh, well, just being a superintendent in and of itself is a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you're pulled in a lot of different directions, and uh, you know you, you have a lot of people that you are having uh, to 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 serve uh, in that role. But here here in Jackson, uh, you know it's uh, become more uh, demographically of uh, at risk population that we're mm-hmm. we're serving. Uh, I believe the a bulk of our population. Uh, that we serve uh, is uh, considered to be in poverty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some inherent uh, things that come along with that uh, that you have to be aware of uh, instructionally. So how do we create a system that uh, first and foremost uh, meets the needs of all of our students, mm-hmm. uh, but just as importantly, how do we reach students that have historically uh, underperformed uh, when it comes to education. So those mm-hmm. are, are the major challenges I see uh, in this position. And those are, you know, easy to overcome, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well, easy, but extremely difficult. The, the, <laughs> the, the basic principles are, are, are easy. It's teaching and learning. Those brains work just the same as anyone else's. Uh, but it's the mindsets that we have to work on with the people that serve them uh, to make sure that it is uh, up to par in order to best uh, meet the needs of, of our kids uh, because it, it's a belief system. You have to believe yeah. that that child that uh, may be three or four grade levels behind uh, for a multitude of reasons can learn mm-hmm. uh, just the same as anyone else, and they can. But it's our job as educators, as a central office, as those in influence to empower teachers to be able to best meet those needs. And the vast majority of teachers believe that they just need A, time, uh, they need to be free from certain restrictions that education, public education can put on you in order to, to best meet the needs of those students. Uh, and most importantly, they just need support and uh, best serving those students. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that's very important uh, in all forms of education, but even more so here in Jackson. Yeah. One of the things I wondered when we were work- when the city and the community was working on Vision 2020 is what happens if they decide they don't want Vernon Ruffin to be a superintendent anymore, which in- happened as quickly as possible without you know just mm-hmm. axing her. Um, how does that play into having a new superintendent with I'm sure a, a very different way of doing things and, and that kind of thing, especially someone who's been branded as a turnaround guy. Mm-hmm. Um, how does something like that play in now with your leadership here? Uh, in all situations, you have to adapt to the situation that uh, you're dealing with. Uh, Envision 2020 has uh, some great merit to it, uh, but there also there have been some uh, some speed bumps uh, along the way. Uh, but you you have to to look at that and figure out how it works within the ultimate vision of where we want our system to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Vision 2020 st- still contextually has some things that 
are, are, are worth really investing in. A focus on literacy. A uh, huge reason uh, a lot of those resources were shifted so that we could better focus on uh, how that looked within our district. Uh, you know, so the, the premise behind early the Vision 2020 was to free up dollars in order to, to strategically better meet the needs of, of our students. Uh, so whether or not we've done that is still up for debate, but the idea was there. Uh, so now being in this role, uh, we still have to move the district forward. Uh, we can't do anything about what happened in the past. Mm-hmm. All we can do is move forward. Uh, so with that in mind, you know, we really, it's going to be four things we focus on for the length okay. of my term. Uh, we won't focus on any other things but this. We will become great at this, and this is what we will do. Uh, we, will, we will focus on school climate and culture. You can't get anything done if the school climate and culture is not conducive to learning. People have to feel good about coming to work. They don't have to be happy, but they have to have be coming for a sense of purpose. People follow purpose. They follow understanding why we are here. Mm-hmm. Uh, because some days you're not going to be happy, but you fight through those days when you understand ultimately where this thing is going. Mm-hmm. So school climate and culture is huge. Program alignment, meaning everything that we do has to line up uh, to the to an ultimate goal. Uh, so we need to know what a kindergartner needs to know and be able to do by the time they leave kindergarten. It needs to line up with a second grader. So every step along the way, we are very clear about how this thing is aligned to move students forward. Mm-hmm. When you have alignment, it brings about coherence. People understand why we're doing things. Mm-hmm. So you have program alignment, you have school climate and culture. The third piece of that is early foundations. We know statistically students from poverty, students that are minorities, if they are not reading on grade level by the time they get to fourth grade, people build jails around those things. Mm -hmm. That's the truth of the matter. Uh, You can't run from that statistic. So we have to, if we know this, everything has to stop if kids are not on grade level early. Because that's when they are most adaptable to change. That's when that brain is really evolving. So we have to do every single thing we can to make sure that they're on grade level and put them in a position to be successful moving forward. So that's the third piece. And the final piece is workforce development. So workforce development encompasses being college ready as well because when you graduated from college, it was assumed that you were workforce ready. But also our students that are going to two-year institutions, our students that are going into career technical education. These are just as important. Uh, in a lot of cases, kids that graduate with degrees in CTE are starting out making a lot more than I was. Oh, yeah, uh, me so too. We, so yeah. we have to shift the focus. And, now, and all of that is pointing toward students that are career-ready. Mm-hmm. So everything is, is, is pointing toward those things. Uh, and Literacy is kind of the spine that's holding all this together. Literacy is entwined in all four of those major buckets. Uh, if kids are not literate, when I say literate, able to really think and comprehend, uh, all this is null and void. So that's ever-present in all four pieces of, of, of the puzzle there. How will you know when Eric Jones has been successful? Uh, I don't think it's, uh, to me, about being successful. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's 
are effective in your job? Yes, I, I think it's, it's when um, you can go to someone uh, in this city and they can honestly tell you what our school system is about. Um, mm. I might not agree with everything Eric Jones does, but I can tell you what that school system is producing over there. Yeah. Uh, and when that starts to be a part of the conversation, as opposed to mm-hmm. you work in Jackson Madison County Schools, oh, <laughs> uh, or, brave man. Or, yeah. <laughs> when the conversation shifts to man, you know they they're really doing some 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 good stuff there, mm-hmm. and a lot of that may be it's going to take some time. Uh, it, it really will. Uh, it's going to take some patience. But we also have to be able to show our progress along the way. We also have to be transparent enough to say, we slipped up here. Uh, we thought this was going to work. We're going to have to come back to the drawing board and approach it in a different manner. Um, but uh, I really, uh, not really, we are going to set Jackson up for years to come. Uh, I won't 15 to 20 years from now for them to look back at this time, this next five to seven year period and say, this is when this city mm-hmm. started to change and public education played a huge role in that. I firmly believe, and I'll tell anybody who wants to hear me, that public education is the most important thing our city needs to do better. Like, we talk about the mega site and we talk about all these economic development opportunities, but if we don't have an educated workforce, nobody's going to come. Mm-hmm. And, and, and people who run away from our... Uh, less educated parts of town you can't escape it like Mm -hmm. it will track you down even if you put your kids in private school and you move to Medina like it will find you eventually and I and I and so I I'm where does and it's it's a it's a titanic or Mm -hmm. it's a bad phrase it's a very large boat Mm -hmm. how do you turn that boat like what's these first couple steps that you're looking at first couple steps is really getting out and listening to the community, mm-hmm. really getting out, listening to our principals and teachers, mm-hmm. uh, all this starts with building relationships, building trust, uh, and, and allowing people to have a part in the process. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have a lot of frustration that they that they understandably have, and and, and some of it's uh, real issues, some of it's perceived issues, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, it's the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really taking time to hear people out. But then, okay, you, you got that out. We good. Now we gotta. Now we gotta move forward with a plan. Uh, and and and. So those four overarching pieces we've talked about. How are we going to address each one of those areas? Mm-hmm. And so we're putting together a benchmarking committee that we'll be talking we'll talking about soon. But I envision teachers having a seat at the table and we're really talking about what good workforce development looks like. What. Mm-hmm a great early foundations program looks like, what a great school climbing culture should look like. Mm-hmm. So everyone has a seat at the table uh, and be able to have a shared vision of how we expect Jackson Madison County Schools to move going forward. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be our focus for the time we're here. And it's our job at Central Office. We have three focuses. Central Office, we want to provide world-class service. We want to provide world-class communications. And we want to be efficiently we want to provide world-class efficiency. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we do those things with that focus, uh, we'll be successful. So what can we do as a community uh, who are all vested in the school system, even if someone doesn't have a child in the school system? Mm-hmm. What, what can we do to support you in, in the school system? 
I think we we have to, as you I've heard you say over and over again, acknowledge that the strength of our city is going to be in public education. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have to make it. People choose to send their kids wherever, and that's their choice. Mm-hmm. But even if you don't have children in the system, the children that we are, the service we are providing, directly affects what happens in our community. Mm-hmm. And it takes an investment in that to happen mm-hmm. uh, the way it should. So my, my words would be to somehow, some form, find a way to support the effort. Mm-hmm. And sometimes supporting the effort may be, I don't have anything good to say, so I'm not going to say anything at all. <laughs> And I'm not going to badmouth public yes. education because we have tremendous teachers. Yes. We have people that are on the front lines. We're first responders. Mm-hmm. Uh, these people are doing, these teachers are doing, and administrators are working sometimes in a thankless job. Yeah. Uh, and they are serving uh, their community. Mm-hmm. Uh, these people are not getting paid astronomical figures to do this work. Mm-hmm. This is a service uh, that, that they're involved in, and, and they are doing the very best they can. It's incumbent upon myself as the leader to make sure that we are working efficiently and mm-hmm. we are doing what is best, a best practice. Uh, so uh, let's not forget that. And in and, and, and this current climate we live in politically, uh, let's not forget that uh, we have to serve everyone mm-hmm. in order for our community to thrive. But I guarantee you, Five to seven years from now, when Jackson Madison County Schools is flourishing, we will reap the benefits of it in this community. Absolutely. Dr. Jones, thank you for helping to make Jackson a better place and choosing to call it home. Thank you for having me on, and please have me back. I, I will. We'll, let's, we'll, let's plan on updates every once in a while. All right, okay? we can do that. All right, thank you so much, and we'll hear from you again soon. Mm-hmm.